Welcome everybody to another installment of Innovation Crush. Innovation Crush. Um, Robert, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That's great. How are you? Can you tell I didn't really care? Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) So in case you guys don't know, uh, this show is focused on really good ideas in the marketplace and how they happen and the awesome people behind them. Uh, To my right today in an awesome suit. I'm almost jealous. I feel like you kind of showed me up on my, on my own show. Good thing no, I didn't need to. I had to rush to get here. So. I know. Kai, Kai didn't, you didn't tell me it was, it was suit day. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm going to introduce you a little bit, Keith Klinkscales, uh-huh. um, and define Keith Klinkscales for me. Define in terms of my name, in terms of what I do, in terms of how, what do you want to talk about? Who you, the essence, the essence of the man? Oh well, I, <laughs> I I've been fortunate, I've been blessed, I've uh, worked most of my career in entertainment culture and in sports culture. You know, I I come from Connecticut, but I I had an opportunity early in my life to uh, thanks to my parents to go to Florida A and M University, which was the moment that kind of you know every moment you have a every life you have an epiphany and going to FAMU was an epiphany for me because it really opened me up to the fullness of uh, culture and uh, I've been able to go from there to business school and and I've had fantastic mentors and and fantastic people look out for me so I've been very blessed I can't I cannot uh, I can't complain about that even when I had you know you have uh, peaks and valleys even when I had valleys having uh, good people around has been something that's been helpful to me so what what exactly was the cultural epiphany you had at Fame? Well, I mean, when I grew up growing up in Trumbull, Connecticut, it is uh, you know, it's 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 not a paragon of diversity, you know, it's, right. uh, it's you know. And I go into Florida A&M, you got to be exposed to folks that were I met Luke from Two Live Crew there. I heard hip hop for the first time. Nice. See the world famous Florida A&M Marching 100. Um, I got to see, you know, you know, real culture. So you got you got you just got your eyes opened yeah, to. I, I, I got to see, <laughs> especially with Luke and and uh, <laughs> two live crew. I got to see some things, and then uh, that enabled me to get. Uh, I, I was able to get you know good job opportunities, and I got to come back and work in New York and in uh, banking, and 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 that led me to working in private banking. And I learned about entrepreneurs, and one of the entrepreneurs I learned about was, was dealing in television and radio and media. Right. And that was the thing that kind of led me to media. And and when I was doing that, you have that moment. You say, "Well, this is what I want to do." Right. And and all that came from basically a combination of hip hop in 1986-ish. You know. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, hearing I, I remember distinctly. I'll never forget. Never forget hearing the the, the song "The South Bronx" uh, for the South first Bronx. time. Yeah, by, South, uh, South Bronx by uh, Boogie Down Productions, yep. and 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 hearing. Chris. I sing a lot on the show, just so you know. So that, look, I'm, forgive I'm, me. I'm with it. I was waiting for Robert to come. In. <laughs> I was waiting for him to drop the hook. But he, was, <laughs> he, so, he dances, yeah. so I'm so background dancing. Two man team. Yeah. So you know, I mean, the, these are these are the things uh, people always talk about. You know, uh, lyrics and hip hop can it change things, and and uh, does it affect the kids? And I can tell you, at at a young age, you know, I attribute a lot of my, um, a lot of the energy that I have from you know listening to hip hop. I was blessed to uh, uh, see Spike Lee's first movie. Right. You know, I you know I think it was uh, not do the right thing. It was uh, she's got to she's got to have it. Yes. And then then uh, when do the right thing came along, you know to have a you know. 
black guy making a film. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't get into the party, but I, I was so excited about it. I was outside, <laughs> outside the window. Yeah, with you. well, outside, uh, <laughs> outside the police barricades with the horses, oh, right? You know? uh, and and that was just something you know I wanted wanted to do. So it was. Uh, these are the things that you know laid the foundation for a life, and 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 allowed me to get into into culture. So you're a hip hop head at heart. Well, I'm a transplanted hip hop head because I grew up, you know, listening, to, you know, to you know, ACDC and Jay Giles Band and Meat Loaf and things like that in high school. And then, you know, you go to FAMU and you come back out, and I'm I'm, I'm in New York, and then you have a different perspective. Like, on hey, music. Keith's back. <laughs> Get off me. <laughs> you know, you have a different thing. Meat Loaf so. confuses <laughs> me, by the way. Just I'm, like his whole acting career has just taken off. And you're like, wait, I thought you made weird weird songs. Cats in the cradle. Yeah. No, the uh, well, the Paradise by the Dashboard Light. That was just one of those, you know. Right, right. You know, one of those songs. So, so let's uh, let's fast forward to uh, one of my favorite things is uh, Revolt TV. Mm-hmm. We also have a millennial with us today. That would be you me. can tell by the two chains and the two the chains Indian two skull. Chains. Yes, <laughs> I didn't know. that wasn't even deliberate. Um, uh, give us the one hundred and one, like the elevator version of at least from a CEO perspective of what uh, Revolt is. We are we're a. a, a a television network, a full media platform that is passionate about music. Our job is to go ahead and make sure we report on the music culture. We talk to uh, the audiences. We talk with the audiences. We make sure that we have an active uh, discussion with them because um, this audience is powerful. This audience is influential, and this audience loves music, and they and they demand. I mean, demand respect. So, and. If you're going to do that, you've got to make sure you're you're credible, and you've got to make sure above anything else, you have to make sure you're authentic. Right. Um, what does like what does respect look like to that audience? Right. Like it's a, that's a, that's an interesting word that you chose. Uh, respect looks like listening. You have to listen to them, and because if you look at the technologies and all the different ways that people interact nowadays, it's a two way conversation. Right. It's no longer. Oh, we are the media paragon, and we're broadcasting to sure. you. You know, now it has to be. We're talking about things. We're talking about items. We're talking about issues that you're talking back to us mm-hmm. about. You know, and also uh, the creativity is there. You know, you 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 see it when things happen in the culture. You know, when, right. when the the Jay Z elevator situation goes down, you see young people that are. I've done you know, a parody of that yeah, video, they, by the they, way. They've done they've done parodies. <laughs> they've done memes. They've done Instagram posts. You know, yeah. you you got a good amount of material out of that situation. You know, when LeBron pulls up lame in game one, you, yeah. know, you have all kinds of things you wouldn't even think right. about that are linked together and they're linking back the whole Lance Stevenson thing. So it's a fantastic time, and uh, and like and and uh, folks, the millennial generation, the digital natives, whatever uh, you know term that you sure. use. They're changing the game, and they're much more advanced. Their 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 consumption is unusually high, and their ability to switch is high. So you've got to really what what do we know that young people like? We do know they like music at the end of the day, and that's why we we uh, stick there. So our goal, our goal, people ask like, um, do you want to be the next MTV? And that's not really our goal. Our goal would be more along the lines of a CNN or even an ESPN right. to, to make sure that we provide the whole context of information around music as much as possible. I think to that point too, it feels like there's a really good feel to the brand, right? Like there's a, there's a look and a feel and 
Um, I almost think like Vice when mm-hmm. I see it. Like it's it's hard hitting, but it's like super entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like how I don't know if a lot of brands do a good job of making that translation. They say they want to be something in the marketplace, mm-hmm. and it's hard to capture that essence visually and from a content standpoint. Like how did you guys go about tackling that voice from like a just a pure visual perspective? Well, I mean, Sean Combs is a is a leader. He's a he's a marketing leader. I'm sorry, Sean. Sean Combs, uh, Puffy, hmm. Diddy, <laughs> no, God, you know, swag, whatever you want to call him. What, the, the main thing that you can call him is a, a, a supreme businessman and a marketer. So what right. he did uh, that I think was great for us, one, he established the name in Revolt. The second thing he did uh, was he established, you know, what was our mission? And that mission is in the tagline. You know, we are the new number one name in music. You know, we did not start by trying to... Um, Say we're going to try to catch up. You know, we have a mission, and the mission is to work every day. You know, when we wake up, and if we wake up, you know, we, right. you know, our job is to make sure we're covering the full. Well, hopefully, you wake it, up. Yeah, hopefully we wake up. <laughs> the, full, uh, the full expanse of music, but you know, I think his leadership, you know, being beautifully unreasonable. You know, um, he he helps all of us, everybody there, to make sure that not only do we work towards these goals. But make sure that we listen to everybody. You know, it, it's imperative to him that younger people uh, who might not know all the quote unquote technical ways of doing something or mm-hmm. the quote unquote this is the way this is done or the way this is supposed to be done, it's okay. Like this, go ahead. Let's tr- make sure we get it on. And and the and the beauty of that is that we have a a, a product that has some uh, authenticity to it. It has some energy to it, and and a lot of folks participate in making it. And that that kind of that kind of vision starts from the very beginning, both himself and uh, Andy Schoen when they founded the thing, and, and, and we were able to go from there. That's great. I have a question on, um, mm-hmm. so how do you, you know, you guys clearly, like, curate a lot of news, a lot of, you know, hot topics for people to kind of converse around and kind of build a, a little subject around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my kind of question is, like, how do you kind of stay objective and, like, you know, not necessarily make... To TMZ-ish or, you know, over-sensationalizing it. How do you kind of make it something that people want to, you know, read about, hear about, see about, and ultimately discuss with, like, their friends and family? The head of news, a guy named Ramon Dukes, he comes from IMTV, and he had worked with Andy before. And Ramon does a good job of working with the social media teams, working with the, the, the news folks to go ahead and have discussions what's being discussed you know what's what's hot on the nets you know <laughs> right. what's popping what what's the discussion about and then trying to make sure you find an angle on it oftentimes you know in the world that we live in now you can't always break the story sure. mm-hmm. but it is important that we add a perspective to it it's important right. that we add an angle on it it's important that we are making sure that we are speaking for the voice of these young folks and we're prepared as they uh, give feedback back to make sure that that is a uh, part of the story as well. That's awesome. And so from a real time perspective, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, part of the, I don't know, the, the onus is that, Oh, the bigger organizations can't keep up to the speed of the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you mentioned digital, like, or you talk about the blips where Jay-Z on the elevator mm-hmm. or these memes that pop up, like you've got a 72 hour window before that's like dead in the water. How do you? How does Revolt keep up as a large organization where I'm actually sitting down and watching TV on my couch? 
Well, I think the, the main thing is is that you just don't look at it as TV. We have a number of different ways to reach sure. folks. Before the television network launched on October 21st, you know, the, the, the Twitter following had been established, you know, then the Instagram was going, and then we developed the web platforms to it. Uh, we're getting the mobile developed now. So as you get all those things together, you have different ways of delivering messages, and, and then you can build on them in different audiences. That, that revolt mobile type of thought, you know, making sure that the content is portable, making sure that the thought behind it is portable, allows a story to, you know, exist on all platforms, but to grow and expand and shape depending on what it's on. But most importantly, the thing that's most important is, is capture the heat, the, the, the young people Follow the heat. There, you know, you can discuss all this. Hot Capture the heat. Yeah, that's you got to go. You gotta, <laughs> that's you actually, go get it. You it's know? a good title for this episode, yeah, right? You gotta go yeah. get that's it. a good quote. You also yeah. had another one. Uh, yeah, I wrote it down you, you, when you said uh, "beautifully unreasonable" mm-hmm. um, as a directive from your founder. Um, give us an example of that. Like, what? It's it's such a it's such a paradox, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's. Um, I mean, like when when someone is providing management you know they're supposed to set goals that are attainable that that goals that can be uh uh, reached and attained so you make some progress and then you're all jazzed up to go ahead and continue to make those sometimes um some of the things that sean has been able to do in his career um you know a reasonable person would not be able to say you could do that so his the way he looks through things the prism that he's viewing things through is to a rational person can be you know unreasonable however Mm -hmm. When you look at it that way with him, you see there's a beauty in it because by looking at things that way, sometimes you're able to get the places. We've been able to get the places uh, with Revolt early on, with the way we have the digital uh, situation set up early on, some of the advertising that we have early on. And we're there simply because that man is the way he is. He's beautifully unreasonable. you know. And it, and, and it goes back to my days of working with him. Uh, you know, we're working on the other side when I was at Vibe. Right. And, and you know, and and we were dealing with the rise of Bad Boy and and different things like that. So it it's kind of like a continuation of that, you know. Yeah. That discussion. So the, with the duality of the two of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you've got this visionary, mm-hmm. right, and then you've got a CEO who needs to organize and make things happen. Can you just talk about the dynamic, like you know, even. Maybe not even in revolt, but I just look at like sort of entrepreneurial culture, right? There's. I think. I mean, first of all, he's very busy, and he's got a number of other businesses to run that are also doing quite well. I mean, from Aquahydrate to Ciroc to mm-hmm. what's going on with Sean John to you know different things on 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 the come. Um, he's done a, you know a, a great job. Then on top of that, he's an artist himself. You know, you know. I think today, uh, the I Want to Love song with. Um, Meek Mills, mm-hmm. you know, drops and or at least hits hard. It was a great trailer, by the way. You guys put on just Revolt that. TV. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, 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 and it, but he also, made, you know, hit, it's going to hit, you know, Vivo and World Star and everything. Yeah, yeah, world, no, so. it's cross promotion. Like, a, yeah. uh, one thing I've always noticed, not to cut the, cut off your response, but mm-hmm. just is like th- there's always been a brilliant sense of cross promotion, you know, from mm-hmm. efforts and, and and brands that are representative of a collective culture. Yeah, and there's an education to it. So I think that all the things that he has to do from a managerial standpoint, um, 
you know, he's he's pretty hands off. He he's he's hands on on some things on the content side and hands on on some things on the marketing side and making sure we hit our goals. If you know, if we have distribution marks we're supposed to hit, he wants to make sure we hit them. If we have advertising numbers we want to hit, he wants to make sure we hit them. But for the most part, you know, uh, it, it's it's been a, a good relationship there. Uh, but there's always there's always going to be a, a good amount of tension. But I think tension is the kind of is what's necessary to build great organizations. You need you know? right yeah, you, you need you need it. You know, and look, straight straight up, there's there's a, there's a knowledge to him, and there's a and there's a secret sauce that he has that you can't front on. You've got to you've got to give proper respect to it. So you've got to make sure you find ways to extract and learn because if you if you, if you take the time to learn and just try to pay attention to, th- to certain things that uh, that have make sense and uh, even if they don't make sense to you at the time, right. they'll make sense down the road. That's what I was going to ask like does does every like from a trickle down standpoint, does everybody need to get it? Right? Like does, does everybody need to get the vision or do you just need to play their position? Like yeah, or think, is it a little bit of both? I think I think uh, sometimes you want everybody to get it uh other times when you're just trying to execute you just want people to you know you know get into the stance and 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 play the game you know um and and understand that in these kind of situations you might not be able to see everything because uh only certain folks are 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 high enough or have enough reach to see that but the world we live in now moves much faster and the audience that we're dealing with is incredibly intelligent. You just like this. This you, you can dumb down to this audience if you want to, but they're smart, you know. Right. They're, 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 and they they have more access to things. They can Google things. They well, they're, no, they're they're, yeah. they're more informed yeah. more than informed in, ever, like any than any other yeah. generation ever. Yeah. And you know, and there's duality to, mm-hmm. to that as well because there's this know-it-all kind of you mm-hmm. know stamp that gets put yeah. on exactly on like the millennial generation, mm-hmm. and then but there's also like a. I I need to learn from that generation as well in terms of what is cool and what's hot and which I guess essentially hasn't changed, right? No, uh, it hasn't changed, but I think the the speed the speed of what's hot and what's not is 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 much more rapid than it's ever right. it's ever been. And and the ability to fall off or the ability to go ahead and get yourself um in different dif- difficulties has has just changed tremendously. Well, how does how does um longevity come into play then like you know for an artist right if you're an artist and what's hot and what's not it changes weekly you know um how where where does longevity happen well i mean the the good news the good news for artists is that there's more independent artists than there's ever been in history and there's more music being made than has ever been in history the flip side of that is that labels or the traditional structure they they are supporting fewer and fewer artists you know so the uh because because there's di- there's different ways to short circuit the the label system. You know, it, it is entirely possible that you know ten years from now, five years from now, you might not have you know labels at all in their traditional form. They, right. they might be more of a, a managerial situation at, at the at the way that uh, technology is changing. At the same time, you still have labels doing things in terms of marketing, in terms of packaging, in terms of timing, all those different things together. That, that makes it work. But now the, you're seeing the rise of management companies. You're seeing the rise of managers that are able to go ahead and not just have the artist uh, perform to make, I mean, you know, do records to make money, do albums to make money, but also perform in concerts, you know, be in television shows, mm-hmm. do all these different things. Really trying to find all the, the, the angles, all the angles. Uh, kind of to your point, uh, I know you mentioned there's more artists now, mm-hmm. you know, kind of independent artists than there have ever been. 
how do you kind of decide? And back to kind of Chris's topic of hot or not, mm-hmm. how do you decide who to like take a risk on? Like, if if you saw an up and coming artist, how do you kind of say, hey? There's like some sort of X factor about you. I kind of like it. There could be some sort of zest. How do you kind of figure out who to give a shot and who to just kind of? Because because at the end of the day, your your brand representation, you know, falls on that. I think the the brand representation comes from opportunity. Making sure you you get people that get a chance that haven't gotten a chance before. The old paradigm was one where you went through a funnel. The only way you could go ahead and get on is if, if. a radio programmer or somebody said you're you're going to go on mm. but nowadays uh, people can come to the table with a lot of different ways to vote they they can have like you know a, a vimeo performance they can have different things that have happened on youtube they can have different way uh, different levels of twitter heat they can have regional area things so that type you can be hot on a mixtape you can be you can go up on one some of the download things that piff on down the line so all those data points provide people who are making decisions with different discussions, you know, and that's that's where it's coming from now. So it's a much more democratic situation, and and democratic in the sense that people who are genuine music lovers, mm. they're gonna they're gonna vote with their clicks, they're gonna vote right. with what they're what they're doing, and and you're gonna see folks come out of out of nowhere, and that and that's the kind of thing that we like to be on, you know. Yeah, that's great. That's why I usually play my piccolo right after I uh, spit a hot verse in the freestyle. Yeah, well, so I, want, I, I had to leave my mark. You yeah. know, it's like my stamp of. of uh, <laughs> you got to keep it going. Dropping the mic. <laughs> drop it. Drop my piccolo. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about your um, your magazine experience, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, speaking of what's said to be a, a dying industry, mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and it is in many ways. Uh, but coming from from that. Whether it's either from a content perspective or from a business perspective, what uh, what of your skill sets or your experience translates now that's kind of a fuel, if you will, to avoid potholes and things like that? I, I think the uh, working, you know, doing working with Vibe and also working with ESPN, you you learn the urgency of now, the urgency of of making sure you have the most up to date story, you know. Um, you learn that you can't do a story too much. You know, if you're if you're talking about uh, Jay Z and the elevator, you can't talk about it too much. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if, it's, if it's Tim Tebow and whether or not you know he should be quarterback enough, you cannot talk about that enough. If it's Richard Sherman or if it's if it, it, whoever it is, if it's Kanye, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if it's Beyonce, if it's if it's Katy Perry, if it's Rihanna. That that energy, innovation crush, yeah, <laughs> to be able to talk about all these folks and keep that conversation going and get different angles on it. That that's the uh, that's what you learn. That's what I learned from all that. That the news is important. That the information is important, and people want to know. And this is how the, there's a currency when you're a young person. If you if you're knowledgeable about you know the area you're talking about, sure, especially our culture. You know, there's a currency to that. You know, and 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 people respect you for that. But you, but conversely, if you're just going off the top, you know, you kind of look, you kind of look yeah. right, right. You know, no, and that's great. Uh, you know, we talk a lot on the show about just the successful organizations' ability to gather perspectives, right, and mm-hmm. and to discuss a, a Tim Tebow from 17 different angles for weeks is re- it's a 
it's amazing. It's almost like hip hop, right? I, I always wonder, like, it's always the same subject matters, right? But mm-hmm. the way somebody says it on, you know, on this verse, and then the way somebody says it again on the second verse, oh, like it blows your mind. It's, right. You just said the same thing, right? right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, there's that humanizing of poeticism, and it sounds like that happens, at least from your perspective, in whether, you know, editorial in the magazine, uh, you know, a sports annou- announcement booth, or whether you're, you're curating content for... Passion wins. You know, people who are passionate about, you know, what they are, what they're interested in, what they're talking about, that really wins. M- music generates fans. Music generates people that, you know, want to talk about it. They want to know why certain things are happening. That discussion is going. And now as music starting to move outward, you have more, more and more festivals. You have more and more performance opportunities. You have more and more ways to get it. Um, that's what's going to create more conversations. Uh, when you talk a little bit about the editorial stuff, I'm, uh, part of me goes like, who, like, why do we care, right? Like the, why do we care about Jay Z and the Elevator? Why do we care about, you know, we had a reality TV series mogul, a guy who's Forbes thirty under thirty, mm-hmm. um, has forty hours of television, you know, on the air this year, and you go, all right, but like, is that is it, like, why are we drawn to that collectively? I think you're drawn to the you're, you're you're drawn to the achievement. You're you're drawn to the way people's lives are changing. You're drawn to you know how that affects their music and their message. Uh, you're 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 drawn to the relationships that they have. You're drawn to all the different things that make that make a life. And um, uh, music is kind of like the soundtrack of that. You know, you know you can always question whether or not some things are far too in- intrusive. Are we getting too deep with some of these things? But the main the main thing is to make sure you give people what they want and make sure you you talk to them and make sure you put the right kind of perspective on it your your job is not to say you you shouldn't be you know listening to that you shouldn't be watching that your job is to make sure you're putting perspective on it uh, against what's going on i have to tell that to my wife <laughs> you shouldn't be watching that <laughs> I, hold on i got a perspective on this <laughs> um, where do you go to find like good poignant Journalism, like where does the key clink scales? Like you know, when you're down and you're in your house shoes and your pajamas, like what? What are you I mean, consuming? You know what the my, the way I used to I used to read a lot of uh, magazines and newspapers, but now the beauty of it is that the articles has kind of come to you and you click through and you link through to the articles. So I've 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 gotten further and wider in my reading than ever, but I don't read as deep into any one situation. I'll read an article in Sports Illustrated. I'll read something in the New Yorker. You know, I'll read something in the Atlantic. I'll read something in Ebony. Uh, I'll read on different... Uh, I'll read Slate every now and then. Uh, the Root, all these things that uh, come together. You know, the Hollywood Reporter, you know, Billboard. Uh, these things are all, you know, interesting, And but the main thing is how to, you know, it, it's it's the basic... Headlines and decks it goes back to magazines and newspapers. Like, here's the headline. Okay, here's the st- what the story is about, and here's the deck of why you should read it. And that's basically how my my day goes. You know? right. And then, and then sometimes, to be honest with you, I'm a fan of the um, of uh, the Daily Show. So. I, nice. I I learned about a lot of things, you know. That's pretty much my like <laughs> news source, like that. From, from <laughs> like the way show. I consume news. Yeah, and, and and you know things I probably wouldn't be too interested in, uh, but the way they're presented and the uh, the kind of arguments that they're having, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we tell people this show is a combination of the Daily Show and Fast Company. There you go. What do you think? There it I, is. What I do you like think so that. far? I feel, I feel that energy. You know, I definitely feel that energy. Yeah, I don't believe you. 
Uh, <laughs> are, are you big on uh, social media? Like, because uh, I know you mentioned like all those uh, sites and you know blogs. And- I yeah, I, I lurk around. I'm not big in, in terms of uh, being out front active, and active mm-hmm. but I definitely uh, I definitely uh, I think watching a, a, a game or watching an award show mm-hmm. with Twitter next to you is a is a wonderful experience. You know, uh, because you get to he- hear all the things that pe- people are saying. I love. You know? Comments like yeah. uh, it's like my, one of my favorite things About to just the yeah like you just you read you watch any YouTube video read a blog on like you can see the most beautiful thing ever like a quarter of the way down somebody just ripped into it and yeah. it's hilarious and disturbing <laughs> and 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 that's the and that's the, and there's fun to it and 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 there's folks that have uh you know you know made made quite uh, an impact by by doing that so but that's it's also what powers I think it, it's the single factor. That really empowers not just a generation, but has helped us as a as, as a network, as a media platform, mm-hmm. change ourselves. Because we were we were born in the social media environment. Most people mm-hmm. who found out about Revolt found out about it on some form of social media right. first before they found out about it on television. Right. I worked for a company called Machinima, and mm-hmm. um, our audience was very near and dear to us. Right, mm-hmm. like it was authenticity was mm-hmm. the word at the top of everybody's list. Um, when brands come into play, it gets a little more difficult. Not impossible, but it's a lot more thought comes into it. Um, eventually, you guys have to start keeping the lights on and mm-hmm. keep you in the cool suits. Right. Um, <laughs> what, how do you guys? How do you balance that with, with um, you know, with, with preserving the brand and making making the money? Well, marketers, uh, people that are, that, that it's their business to market products, especially to, to people that are younger. You know. It's their job to be cool. It's their job to work at being cool. So they're they're not trying to go ahead and put out you know bad advertising and 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 do things that are not authentic, not genuine, and certainly not organic. You know they you know they you know the whole notion of branded entertainment. I don't want to say it's gone away, but people have started to work about more organic ways to have their brands involved, and they and they work hard at it. And and when you see different things break through when you see different you know you see mistakes happen but at the same time you see people recover sometimes the recoveries are, are, are wonderful also so I think we live in a, um, a, a real good time uh, there's always a challenge though there's a challenge when you know it goes it always stems back to one thing are you listening truly listening to the young people just right. just because you have the title just because you have the position or the money from the client doesn't mean that you're right it means that you're disempowered but the true empowerment comes from you know, are the folks buying it? Right, that makes total sense. Um, the show is called Innovation Crush, mm-hmm. uh, where we obviously look at a lot of things we crush on that are innovative. It, what else, aside from result, Revolt, um, do you see out in the marketplace that that you, you find as an innovation, or like it can be anything from space travel to food to you know, you name it? But like, what what's something that kind of gets your goose on the? I, I think the uh, the situation that's happened with uh, Apple. In beats, I think that's uh, I think it's an exciting, a very exciting situation for music. It's an exciting situation for artists, and and, and shows the power of uh, extending. The Tyrese commerce. was excited. Tyrese was a little too excited, <laughs> just a tad too early. You know, he might have been excited to tune about two, three hundred million dollars. Excited, right. but uh, but you know, I do think that that uh, really you know made made a mark, and that. That gives people a, a whole new level of ambition, a whole new level of, you know, I, I can do something. And you you look at what's happening with um, 
with Facebook and you look at what's happening with Google and you look at all the big companies that, that have developed in the digital space. And so, you know, the innovation that's going on digitally is exciting. The, the cloud has just really been yeah. been tapped. You really haven't got into all the different implications of that. Then the next level of, of the internet is going to be all these devices that are not quite dumb devices, but there are, that are internet enabled talking to it all the time. So, yep. you know, you know, closets that know which which clothes to put up front, and different things that you know with your cars, and all these different ways to make sure that all the things that you interact with every day are using the internet on a full basis. So we're we're coming to a very exciting time. It's interesting you talk about that. There was a guy we had on recently named Chris Dancy, mm-hmm. and he is dubbed the most connected man on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Has all sorts of sensors. You hear him talk about the future of humanizing technology and how he's living it. I mean, he got rid of his dog's car sickness because he put a sensor on the dog and a sensor in his car. He, I, it, like, he walks through his house. The lighting changes. Volumes of music change to match his decibels as he's speaking. Um, it's, it's really, really crazy stuff. He was actually able to quit his job this past March um, and basically be a full-time sort of spectacle speaker. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's on his way to con. Um, but uh, like to, to really see that in depth and see where where the possibilities are um, you know I would I would love to also see what the future of entertainment will be in that you know in that space I, I think at the end of the day though for all the wonderful things about technology all the interconnectivity at the end of the day it's a great story you know mm-hmm. if you if you had a good story you know that's going to be the thing that carries the day and, and how you present that story and how you surround it with music and how the music helps tell the story yep. Um, you know, the technologies may change, the way you deliver them may change, but the the consumer demand is not going to change. That's so very true. It's funny that you even say that because I, we did ask him, um, if you got rid of all your devices and gadgets and sensors, what's what's one thing you feel like you would need to keep? And he thought about it for a second and he says, last FM. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's music, like, don't mess with my music. Yeah, yeah. And, and- <laughs> And it's important, you know, and, and, and the ability to relax and hear your different things is just something that's special. Um, I'm going to ask you to complete a phrase for me. Mm-hmm. Kai doesn't even know this one is coming. Mm-hmm. You nervous? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, no, it's very, very easy. Um, innovation to me is... Is culture, you know, coming to life. That's the innovation. Anytime you see culture take on... Uh, different roles and culture continue to um, expand the boundaries of what was possible before. Um, I, I think that is that's true innovation. That's great. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. How can uh, how can people find you? Uh, I know you don't social web too much, but no, I uh, have, uh, I'm on Twitter at at KT Clinkscale C L I N K. What's the T stand for? Terrence. Uh, Wait, I had to respell C-L-I-K-T-C-L-I-N-K-S-C-A-L-E-S. That's great. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. This has been another episode of Innovation Crush. Innovation Crush. And we'll talk to you next time. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it. On the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Slicinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, 
one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.